Jesus, we bless you. Sweet Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Our Father, we extend you, Jesus, we glorify you. It's your meeting. Take all the glory. Take all the honor. We ask that at the end of it all, Jesus, it will be glorified. Let no flesh glory tonight. Let Jesus it will be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. Be Yes. 
take all the glory. Jesus be exalted forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Um, welcome to Go Forward 2022 once again. This is the 13th day of this meeting. Hallelujah to Jesus. To Jesus, it will be all the praise and glory forevermore. 12 days of his glory, 12 days of his presence, 12 days of deep insight and great revelations from God's word. We give Jesus all the praise and glory forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. I believe that you've all been blessed thus far, and um, I want to appreciate God for everything he has been doing. Thank him for the access to insight, the access to revelation, the access to, to his word. I give him praise and glory. Amen to Jesus. We want to appreciate our beautiful watch, uh, listeners and uh, viewers from all over the nations of the earth. We want to say the good Lord bless you. Amen to Jesus. Uh, once again, we're trusting God for the most glorious time in His presence. Please, once again, allow the Holy Ghost to use you as a media evangelist. Click the share button. Click the like. Drop a beautiful word. Uh, amen to Jesus. So you can evangelize to somebody. Praise the Lord Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. All right, so today we are going into what we have for today. Hallelujah to Jesus. This is the 13th day. Go forward, Conference 2022 has been tagged that the Holy Spirit saved to serve. Amen. Uh, uh, Command of the year 2022, sorry, has been tagged by the Holy Spirit saved to serve. You know, um, just for the Go Forward Conference December last year. So uh, now January we are commanding the year. Amen. And February uh, we are entering into another conference again and march another one so sorry we may begin to mix up what you did in the previous time it has been um, a season of continuous teaching of god's word and we thank god for his grace uh, we don't owe it to ourselves we owe it to jesus amen all right commanding the year this year has been taught same to say that the holy spirit is in line with god's word for us for this year as a ministry and as a church um god's word for us is a year of serving the lord christ Colossians chapter 3, verse 24, it says, Knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. So it's a year of serving the Lord Christ. Glory to Jesus forevermore. All right, so today I'm going to continue on um, serve with godly fear. Um, and this is the third part of serve with godly fear. Please go over to the first, go to the first part, the second part. But if you've not been part of this conference thus far, just start from the beginning. There's been loads of Revelations that you need to you need to drink into. Amen to Jesus. All right, so we are going to the third part today and serve the Lord, serve God with um, serve with godly fear. All right, we read the anchor scripture. Knowing of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Colossians three verse twenty four. And then we also understood that there is an acceptable way to serve God, and that is seen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, it says, Wherefore we receive the kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So we learn that we serve God acceptably with what? Reverence and what? Godly fear. Reverence and godly fear. That's where we serve the Lord acceptably. Amen to Jesus. All right. In our previous lessons, we, um, we began um, our study on how to serve God with godly fear. And we'll continue in the same uh, in this lesson. And uh, in this lesson, we'll continue to examine the word used to explain uh, godly fear. And uh, we are going to be uh, um, studying on the word discretion. Discretion. Uh, 
yesterday um, we studied on uh, circumspection. It was wonderful. I advise you to go listen to it, circumspection. Amen. And uh, we, we, we studied two days ago on caution. Oh, sorry, ah, caution. Caution. And uh, it was awesome. Uh, somehow, this one word, they are one word, but they are powerful. And I believe that every child of God has to understand these words as we serve God. And one of the things God has done for us in the course of this conference is that we began to understand serving God in a whole new different light. The light we have gotten to us has been so bright. And some of us have began to understand that, wow, so we've actually been serving God, you know, greatly, and we never actually knew. Praise God forevermore. You know, one of the deceptions of the devil is to make you believe that you are not serving God. Especially when, in court, you are not seeing your desired result. He wants you to believe that you are not serving God. But that's the reason for such teaching, so that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened. Amen to Jesus. I remember there was a time um, I, I was going through the uh, putting my life, giving my own into ministering to the people in church. And all I'm getting with John is hatred and rejection. Hatred and rejection. And I began to ask myself, what's wrong with me? Is it that I don't love these people who I don't know how to love? And I actually thought I didn't know how to love. But I went for a conference. Sometimes it may just be one word that will knock off the devil. That will give him a, 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 a technical knockout and a finishing move. Amen. Because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Are you getting what I'm saying? The accuser of the brethren. What he wants to do is to keep accusing you of what you are actually even not doing. And so he comes with different accusations to put you in a state of condemnation. And if you fall for it, you've, got, you've lost it all. Amen. And so I went for a conference, and the conference, the minister was speaking, it was a pastor's, it was a church conference, um, minister's conference, a pastor's conference, and the, the, uh, the host was speaking, and he said, when children are attracted to you, then you know that you know. I'm like, wow, this was just the bullseye, the eye-opener, and I just remember that it was a particular family who they were terrible. Those people who love and show, they were still terrible to me. But I noticed that every time they come to church from the door of the church, there are three daughters who run to hold me and shout, Pastor. And I was like, Oh, thank you, Lord. So I love her. Amen. So sometimes it may, the, problem, this, the, the problem may not be a big problem, it may just be an ignorance problem. And not because you actually want to be ignorant, but because you, know, um, you may not have access to that information. And the devil can clamp down on you, can clamp down on sense with ignorance. And that's why light is very important. So this one word, discretion, caution, um, circumspection are very important in our work with God. Praise God forevermore. So we're looking at discretion today. What is discretion? What is discretion? The Merrimester Dictionary defines discretion as one, the right to choose what should be done in a particular situation. The right to choose what should be done in a particular situation. Two, the quality of being careful. Yesterday we studied about being careful. Are we together? Circumspect. The quality about of being careful about what you do and say so that people will not be embarrassed or forget or offended. Sorry. That's the quality of being discreet. Once again, I go by the quality of being careful about what you do or say so that people will not be embarrassed or offended. That's to say the quality of being discreet. Are we together? So you watch your words. You um, you mind what you say, amen to Jesus. 
uh, 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 we, yesterday we spoke about it, that the book of James says the tongue is the smallest part of the body. But as small as it is, it can set the whole, it, it, it can set the whole city on fire. Amen to Jesus. And so what we say with our tongue, it's very important. Most of that the tongue happens to be one of the strongest muscles in the body. When science makes us understand it's one of the strongest muscles. You can't just, I can't understand how it happens to be one of the strongest muscles in the body. Amen to Jesus. Uh, but actually, it, it works a lot. Because even when now my leg muscles are resting because they are sitting, you know what I'm saying? But the tongue is working. <laughs> Amen. And so it develops so much. Alright, so though it's small, but it's very powerful. And the Bible says, if a man falls not in words, such is a perfect man. Uh, over the years, I've learned the choice of words is very important. Are we together? Some Christians are just flippant with their lips. They just open the gutter, call the mouth, their mouth, and they release anything that comes out. And then you mess up a relationship, you come back again, you try to build a relationship, but you mess it up further with your lips, with your words. Amen. Alright, the reason for that is because they, they are not discreet. Amen. And it also means the quality of habit of showing this discernment of good judgment. The quality of habit of showing discernment of good judgment. Um, the quality, it means the quality of being discreet. Um, circumspection, especially caution, reserve in speech. You see, speech comes in a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot. Most of the problems we have today are speech oriented. They are speech oriented. Amen. Another limitation is ability to make responsible decisions. Ability to make what? Responsible decisions. Another one is individual choice or judgment led to the decision of what the person who has his discretion. Amen to Jesus. Individual choice or what? Judgment. Okay, then the next one is power of free decision. Power of what? Free decision. Or latitude of choice with certain legal bounds reach the age of what? Discretion. Power of free dis decision or latitude of choice with what? Setting legal bounds. Setting boundaries. Though the decision is, the power is free and you are free to make the decision, but when making your free decision, you must know that there are legal boundaries. And then finally, is the result of separating or distinguishing. The result of what? Separating or distinguishing. Now, from the above definitions for discretion, the emphasis is on power of decision making. Amen. Um, this, um, uh, um, um, being discreet in speech, praise God. Being discreet in speech and then separation. So every of the things we've said, they just fall under these three broad definitions. Power of decision making, uh, being discreet in speech, being careful in what you say and how you say it. Um, like they say when the police, when the cops arrest you, they say you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say may or can be used against you in the court of what? law and you have the right to an attorney. Amen to Jesus. Now that was um, at that point you have to be discreet. Amen. 
even if you know it's a camera phone, even uh, a camera on you that time, or CCTV is not on you at that time, the police who is arresting is already enough evidence against you. Amen. All right, so uh, 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 care in speech, power of decision making, and separation. Are we together? That's that's a major emphasis on discretion. Um, all, all, all the definitions so far follow that is. Now, so um, this will be the focus of this study. Amen. This study is going to be broken into three, as it were. I'm going to be handling one today. Uh, while I'm taking our time to do every of this, it is not a syllabus that we have to finish now and now. We take our time to study so that we can have enough information. What I do is to give you an ignition for you to start your own vehicle. I just ignite and I expect you to keep moving on. Get more revelation, get more insight, and I will be happy to get your feedback. Amen to Jesus for what the Lord is teaching you. Alright, so now let's look at, I'm going to be um, working with three of the definitions together in this teaching because they are kind of you know, related, and uh, let me use the word a little similar. So I'm working with power of free decision or latitude of choice within certain legal boundaries, and also working with the right to choose what should be done in a particular situation, and also working with ability to make responsible decisions. Now, these definitions are weighty, and also. Now, children don't have these def definitions. One of the one of the uh, uh, the signs of Maturity is every of these definitions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Children may grow getting these things, but uh, they will not attain it until they attain maturity. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. The ability to make responsible decisions. Um, according to the law, it's actually from the age of 18, you can start in the Western world, you start living on your own. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And uh, that's when you can actually start driving. Because they believe that at that age you are mature and you can make responsible decisions. Praise God forevermore. Your life is dependent on the decisions you make. You make responsible decisions, you have responsible uh, 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 results. You make irresponsible decisions, we have irresponsible results. And the truth remains that everybody is the end of his decision. A wise man once said, You are where you are today because of decisions you made five years ago. And I add it, and I also say add to it, you'll be where you'll be in five years from now because of decisions you make today. So your life is hanging on the pendulum of your decisions. If the truth is that there's nothing like indecision, indecision is a decision. And you get what I'm saying. You can't say I don't have a decision. You really have you, not making a decision is a decision. That's why they say in the law, silence is what? Consent. Is that not so? Because your silence means that you have not chosen. To stand your ground. And in life, we are either standing our grounds or losing our grounds. That's one of the things, too. You cannot be in the middle. You're either standing your grounds or losing your grounds. And um, like someone said, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for everything. So we cannot remove decisions from life. Our progress in life. Our progression in life, our direction in life, is dependent on our decisions in life. Are we together? So decisions are very, very important, and we are all making decisions, whether I like it or not. We are all making decisions. Whether you see you are making what you are making. Are you know what I'm saying? And another thing is that nobody can make a decision for you. Nobody can make a decision for us. 
It will shock you to know that even God cannot make a decision for you. He only makes provision, but our decision is ours to make. Are we together? All right, now the power, the right, and the ability to make responsible decisions was given by God to Adam, and by extension, the whole of humanity. He did this in the Garden of Eden, and you don't say. Now, this power and right and ability to make responsible decisions was given by God to Adam in the Garden of Eden. This was done when God breathed into him, and, and it was activated when God told him not to eat of the tree in the center of the garden. Yesterday we saw Genesis 2 verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth and breathed into him, and he became a living soul. When God breathed into Adam, we saw the word breath. He breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. We saw the word breath there. Breath was the Hebrew word, is the Hebrew word, the shama. And the shaman means divine inspiration, it means intellect, it means soul, it means spirit, it means inspiration, it means a vital, angry breath. Are we together? Now, so when God breathed into Adam, we discovered that he breathed into Adam um, 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 his, his mind, his soul, his intellect. He breathed into him what he needed to make decisions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but God did not stop there. God had to activate the other so that when God breathed into Adam um, his mind, God had to what? Put it to work. And what did he do? He told him to what? Name the animals. That task of naming the animal was putting what he has put into Adam to work. I get what I'm saying. Now, God did several things time and again in Adam's life that we need to understand so we know how God operates. And if Adam understood every of this, we would have appreciated every of it. Now, first, he prepared it to Adam. Everything needed to have his soul, his mind, his body, his soul, his spirit, his expression, and everything that. And then he activated it by telling him, the animals. Next thing he did was to bring, when he breathed into Adam, inside it was intellect. And, uh, and, 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 and inside the intellect was emotions also. His willpower was in there. And by putting that into him, he got also activated it. How did he activate it? He activated it by telling Adam to not eat of, of every, he should not eat of the tree in the center of the garden. You get what I'm saying? And so that command was not actually a restriction, it was an activation. Perspectives matter a lot. Understanding matter a lot. You get what I'm saying? David prayed the prayer in the book of Psalms over and over. In chapter, uh, he said, Lord, give me understanding that I believe. And he went again and said, Lord, give me understanding that I know that knows. Now, why the prayer for understanding? Why the prayer for understanding? Because if you have the wrong understanding of the actions of God, you will judge him wrongly. Genesis 2, verse 16 to 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt die. Thou shalt not eat of it. Don't eat. But it says, God says, but in the day that thou eatest of it, that means I'm telling you not to eat, but I'll not tie your hand. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you not to eat, but I did not padlock your mouth. Though I told you not to eat, you still have the power of decision to choose whether to eat or not to eat. But let me get you to understand something. In the event of you eating, you will die. But the choice still remains on. That command was simply an activation, not a limitation. Most of the times, what we call limitations are actually activations. How else we call activate man's power of choice? 
Your heart can't reactivate it. Now, by naming the animal, he activated his power of the power of his mind to think like him, God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, after activating the power of the mind, and the Bible says, Whatever I name, and that was the thereof. And God was pleased. Another one, like, God was like, God, let me say, You actually showed that my mind is in you. And now, the next thing God wants, uh, the next thing God has to do is what? Is to activate the power of choice. Now, that was I, God, I chose to make you. I'm a God of choices. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, I want to also make you a, a being of what? Choices. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, show that you have choice power like I have. But whatever choice you make, there are pros and cons. You choose to obey me, there are benefits. You choose to disobey me, there are what? Disadvantages. But the choice remains yours. There's no other way you can activate the power of choice without what? Alternatives. When you want to make it teach you how to choose, what do you do? You bring the red shirt. And bring your blue shirt. John, which one do you want to choose? Is that not so? And John chooses what? The red shirt. Oh, it's okay. Go and take the shirt you want. John takes the shirt you want. But if you don't give him the power of choice, if you don't give him alternatives, how will John know that he can choose? Are you know what I'm saying? What God did there was not a limitation, as many claim to be there to think, think about it. It was not a limitation. It was not even um, 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 let me use the word um, um, a punishment. It was an activation of man's power of choice. But man did not understand what God was doing. Or what um, uh, more often than not, many of the things we go through, they are actually God activating our power of choices. Are <laughs> you get what I'm saying? They are God. I say, oh man, I'm in a crossroad. No, you are not in a crossroad. You are in an activation point. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Oh man, I'm, I'm confused. No, you are not confused. You are at the point of activation. It's all about perspectives. You get what I'm saying? And it's all about understanding. If you see yourself at every time when you are about making decisions in a crossroad, you are you'll be in a crossroad. But if you see yourself in an activation point of life, and I'm brought my sister, you're going to be activated to make the right decisions. Are you going to say? Now, in the command given by God to Adam, he, Adam was given the freedom of choice and the power to execute sin in two ways. What are the two ways? Number one, what to eat. And number two, what not to eat. And that's just life. Are you going to say? Are you going to say? What to eat, what not to eat. Do's and don'ts. That's life. Life bothers around what to do, what not to do. Even the provision of grace, it still bothers around what, what to do and what not to do. In the, in, in the, in the kind of Eden, there was a choice between life and death. Are you know something? In, in, in the new creation, there's a choice between God and good. <laughs> Are you know what I'm saying? Yeah. God is good, but not all good things are from God. And when God said that these all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be made a slave unto everything. Maybe good, but also things from God. So, plus or minus, you still have the what to do and what not to do in life. So, what to eat and what not to eat, that's what um, the, 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 the power of choice provided for Adam in the Garden of Eden. Otherwise, stated, it is what to do and what not to do.
that's what the power of choice is all about. And let me tell you, every day we are faced with this. Every day. Every day. And every day we have to make decisions. Every day we have to make decisions. You can't run away from decisions. I can't run away from decisions. Even uh, decisions are part of life. You can't avoid them. Trying to avoid decisions is trying to avoid life. And trying to avoid life means you want to die. So what do you do? We have to still make decisions. The command was a clear direction God gave to Adam on the choice to make when he gets into the situation of hunger, which was bound to come. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You see, it was an activation of the power of choice. But that activation was not an immediate activation. So that activation was not an immediate action. It was Adam. I'm giving you what you did for the rest of your stay here. And by right, it was meant to make the whole earth like Eden. So for the rest of your stay on earth, for the rest of your stay in the garden and then on earth by right, I'm giving you what you are meant to do. You will always get into the situation of hunger. When you get to that situation, you have the choice to eat all of the tree fruits of all the other trees and leave or eat the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden and what? Die. And Adam, you must enter this hunger situation every day, if not every other day, you enter. And it's which on the average you eat once a day. Is that not so? You eat once a day. Some people eat when they are hungry, some people eat for eating sake. Some people eat because they must eat three square meals. Some people eat because they must eat two square meals. Whatever the case may be, at least you eat a day. If you don't eat a day, you eat every other day. So it means every other day, Adam, you have to face this situation. Are we together? Of hunger. That means you have to make this decision every other day. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this decision was a daily decision to make. And I tell you the truth. Discretion is a daily decision. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now in this slide, God made it clear to Adam what foods are to be used to satisfy his hunger. And what foods are not to be used to satisfy his hunger. Are you getting me? So God told him, these are the fruits to use to satisfy. When you are hungry, these are the fruits to use. Every other. But this fruit, you don't use it to satisfy your hunger. Are we together? Now, this command revealed latitude of choice within certain legal bounds. It revealed what? Revealed latitude of choice within certain legal bounds. Now, that means, technically, though Adam had freedom of choice, we had freedom of choice within boundaries. So, in that light, like some people say, man is a free moral agent. Man is not actually a free moral agent. Man is free, but within boundaries. As my secondary school principal, we always say, man is born free. He said his principal used to tell him. So, my principal's principal was the author of this cliche, this uh, proverb I'm about to say. He said, man is born free, but everywhere in chains. Now, my principal was a very quiet man. He hardly talked. You don't hear him talk. Are we together? But anytime he comes on the assembly ground, he must always tell us, man is born free, but everywhere in chains. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so, 
The command was a method of choice with setting legal bounds, with setting boundaries. Now, um, one thing we need to understand is that choice has boundaries. Choice has limits. There is no limitless choice. There is no boundaryless choice. Can you hear what I'm saying? Any choice, anyone looking for such kind of choice, it doesn't exist. And those who have looked at for it, they've actually ended up in more bondage. Are you getting me? Alright. Now, so, um, so the, the, the command reveals latitude of, cho um, of choice with legal bounds, and it's God's way of telling him, son, you have the ability to make responsible decisions. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that command was God's way of telling Adam, son, you have the ability to make what? Responsible decision. I gave it to you at when I breathed into you. I gave you the ability to make all responsible decisions. So let's understand this command in the true sense of it. Number one, the command was the word activation of man's decision-making power. Number two, it was God's way of telling man, man, you have the ability to make responsible decisions. So that was a fatherly blessing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if you look at the blessing, some of us will always speak on the command, that shall not eat of the food. But you know the blessing was also a command. Genesis 1 verse 28. Be fruitful. That's a command. Multiply. Command. Replenish the earth. Command. Subdue it. Command. How do we remember the fishes of the air, the fowls of the fishes of the sea, fowls of the air, never repeating in the place of one of the face of the air? Those five components were commands. We like that kind of command. Are you getting what I'm saying? But we don't like the command that makes us know what we have. You know that over the years I've been in the um, teaching ministry, when you begin to tell people what they have, do you know that most of the times they don't want to hear it? They actually want to know what you have for them. <laughs> but they don't want to know what they have in them. I remember when I came to this mission field, I always used to tell them, if I give you a fish, I've helped you for a day. But if I teach you how to fish, I'll help you for a lifetime. Uh, in their mind, they were telling me, Pastor, give us the fish. We don't want you to help us to fish. Don't help us for a lifetime. Give us the fish. We don't want to know what is in our hand. We want to have what is in your hand. And this is the average mentality of man. That is why even the things that are meant to make us be our best, we fight them. That woman was meant to make Adam be his best. But it now became an opposition to him. God was telling him, you know, the Lord was telling him, son, you have the ability to make responsible decisions. You can make responsible decisions. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, how else can you know your ability if it is not first activated and next put to work? How else can you know your ability? Are we together? You can only know your ability when it is activated and next when it is put to work. Now, when a, uh, I watch the way uh, a, a football is made and tested. Now, when they make the football, the leather football, you know, the one that uses the FIFA. Amen. Not the one we used to play at home. Amen to Jesus. The one that uses the FIFA World Cup. You know, those ones, no matter the putting, no matter how Roberto Carlos puts that football, it doesn't tear. You know, no matter they put it out there, when they make these balls, they put them in the machine, and the machine shoots them to the wall, to hard substances, hard walls. 
to strong walls, shoot them to the wall over and over. Shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. That means is that they are stretching the ball to the largest capacity you can ever go. So, paraventure, Roberto Carlos shoots this ball. The ball should not hit. He was one who had the strongest shot power in his time. So they test the balls to ensure that no shot power would yet. How else do you know the capacity of something if you don't put it on? Now, after testing the ball, the next thing they, they put it on the pitch. You know what some of us want? We want to be made, but we don't want to be tested. And then we, after, not, aside the fact that we don't want to be tested, we don't even want to get into the pitch of life. How is God going to know that he has made the best? How is God going to know that he has, his bread in Adam is the same bread that is still there? Are you know what I'm saying? How is God going to know that man, man can actually, man is actually, his product is likeness and is in made a likeness and can make decisions like it if he doesn't put man in the, in, in the, in the work environment? Are you know what I'm saying? So that command was not a limitation. It was an activation. Now, man, put water given given to you to God. Put it to God. Are you getting me? God's command was the activation of Adam's discretion and God's expectation from man to put his discretion to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this command was what? The activation of Adam's discretion, discretion and God's expectation for him to put his discretion to God. When he uh, told him name the animal, it was the activation of what? His mind, which was the same mind that God put in him. God's mind in him. It was the division of that mind. And then God wanted his expectation for the mind was let me, this mind is my own mind. So Adam performed in that light. Same thing with this Christian here. And you know what I'm saying? But it's all about the right understanding. Some of us, when we get into tough situations where we have to be discreet, we start getting ruffled. We start fidgeting. But we don't understand that that is actually activation time. Activation time. It's actually activation time. It's the time that God is, is expecting you to show that he has put what is mind in you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Furthermore, God gave the command to prevent confusions and indecisions. Are you getting it? He also gave his command to prevent what? Confusions and what? Indecisions of every kind for Adam. So Adam is not going to get confused. Okay, oh, no, no. Look at this. Look at this gardener. This gardener is so filled with trees. So many fruits. Okay, which fruit am I to eat? Which fruit am I not to eat? God did not tell me from the beginning. I don't want to go and eat fruits now and I went out trouble. So because of that, for three days, Adam goes without food. And then the Lord comes and say, Adam, where are you? Say, Lord, I'm, I'm hungry. Say, but why are you hungry? Say, Lord, you didn't tell me what to eat and what not to eat. God say, oh, sorry, I'm sorry for that. God never wanted that. God does not get us, get us um, started and later say, I'm sorry, I should have said this. No. Everything has to be clear. Are you getting what I'm saying? It also availed in the consequences of choosing wrongly. That is, it availed in his legal boundaries. Are you getting it? Now, so everything was well spelled out. This is the God we work with. Well spelled out. In this, Adam was fully informed and well armed to always choose rightly. 
but this was still based on his what? Desire. This was why when Adam ate the food, he hid himself. Why? Because you know, God has done his own part. <laughs> The whole world. God never kept him in the dark in any area. Now I have eaten the food, I'm the one who messed up. And this is the way God does his own thing. He keeps you in the light. He makes us where they fall. So when we make decisions, we should know that we are the ones who made our decisions. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, Adam was very informed, but his, his, his decisions was also meant to be based on his desire. This is another issue. This is another important thing we need to know. Decision is based on desire. What decision is threatened by desire. Desire is better than decision. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. And just paraphrasing, and it went, the, 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 the serpent came and began it and said, The Lord said, Shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And she said, No, um, uh, of the Lord said, Of every tree in the garden, that we are for the tree in the midst of the garden, that we are to eat. says, Oh, the Lord knows that the day of you shall become wise and shall become like him. And then the Bible says, And the woman, seeing that it was good for food, desire came in. And a tree that will make one wise, Desire. So that means she was desiring the food, the food from the onset. See, nothing works outside desire. Anything you don't desire cannot tempt you. Is that, is that, are you understanding? It's a simple truth. Anything you don't desire cannot be a temptation. Anything, if anything you don't desire cannot be a decision issue. Whenever you're having a decision fix, it's a desire issue. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? Whenever you're having an indecision, it's a desire issue. Once you can straighten up desire, decision is easy. Yeah. Once desire is well handled, decision is made. A fruit, it was, it was seen that the fruit was appealing to the eye. It was good, it was uh, good for food, and it was one that would make more wise. Her desires were increasing, getting higher. And then what happened? She took it and she ate. Desire bets decision. Right desires bet right decisions, and wrong desires bet wrong decisions. Let me tell you what every decision is every of desires. Can't say it just happened. No, there's no accident in destiny. <laughs> there's no accident in life. Sin is not an accident, sin is a desire. <laughs> right? Holiness is not an accident, holiness is a desire. It's a nature that transmits into a desire. Same with sin. You get what I'm saying? Actions are not accidents. Actions are desires that found manifestations. James 1 verse 14 says, When every man is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, what loss there in the Greek actually means a strong desire. So your decisions, our decisions are the end product of our desires. Let me tell you what to live plenty English. Anything you desire will be with determine your decision. Anything you don't desire will also determine your decision. You can't tell somebody what he doesn't desire. He doesn't desire, he doesn't desire. He doesn't, if you like jump up, jump down, jump sideways, jump, uh, make, make noise. He can't, you can't tell, you know what I'm saying? But you don't need to even tell somebody what is there. He tells the temptation. Desire, desire is strong. You know what I'm saying? Praise God, forevermore. Hallelujah. Hunger is a strong desire for food. Is that not so? 
Hunger is not limited to food alone. When it is for water, it is called what? Thirst. Is that not so? Thirst is the hunger for water. When it is for sex, it is called urge. And the list goes on. Are you getting me? Hunger is just simply a strong desire. Seeking satisfaction. No matter the name it takes, it is hunger. And it works through desire, which is lost. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, forget the name it takes. Hunger for food, thirst for water. The names are uh, uh, greed. greed. Greed is the hunger. Greed is the hunger. The hunger will keep getting more. Maybe it's money, whatever. It's the hunger. I cannot say. So they have hunger manifests in different forms and in different names. Just no more truth. Whatever form it manifests, it is still what? Hunger. And it is a strong desire. Very strong one. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Everyone with no exclusion must get into hunger situations in life. That's the truth. Let's even start from food. You must be hungry at least one, once in two days. Maybe if you don't, you're not a food kind of person, but you must be hungry. I met someone once and was like, he hit his stomach for me. We're talking, he hit his stomach for me. He said, This body is dead. This body is dead. Masha, after say, Lord, when did this my body dead too? Say, I go 100 days of food. 100 days of food. This body is dead. And then he said, I've just been in this house for days. I will never notice that I've never been eating. This body is dead. I said, You need that life food. Where will this body dead? <laughs> Where will this body dead, Lord? Ah, who said it was one of my friends that carried me there. Went to that meeting with the man of God. He said, This man of God. They're telling me the experience of the man of God. So the guy's commanding money. Making me that the guy is a man of faith, the prophetic and everything that went, came, took me, he went to the guy's house, sat down, said, Sam, we want to teach us how to pray. Ah! I followed this guy, but it was one who was talking, it was one who carried me. I said, that person that made me go again. So, what would teach us how to pray? Sir? Ah! We're not asking men for the answer that only Jesus carried <laughs> The disciples had Jesus teach us to pray, now men are asking men to teach us to pray. You know, and then he began to tell us this. The body is dead. Body is dead. Hundred days, no food. No food. Sometimes just still is no food. And doesn't remember that I have no ability. So how do you know you want to pray? When you can pray English, English for one hour without preaching talks. <laughs> and see ignorance me that time listening to him. Say when you complete pray in English, try pray in English for one hour without adding tongues, then you know you have to pray. My brother, that's how we learn how to know how to pray. <laughs> when we speak the heaven and infirmities, for we do not have to pray as we ought. Then I should not waste one hour. Ah, please. If that's how we learn how to learn how to pray. Alright, but you know, it, when he said that, I was like, wow. I wish this body can then, but the body cannot then. He says he doesn't realize he has not eaten for some days, but after some days, he definitely realized he has not eaten. And um, after then, I met him a while ago, after then again, and he told me, um, 
long story short, after he finished preaching, he said he drinks everything like liquid on the table, water, juice, everything. That means the body has condemned. But, all right. What am I going to tell you? We must get hungry. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a situation we must face with no exclusion. The hunger for food, the hunger for water, the hunger for, for God, the hunger for, for whatever it must be there. It must come in hunger. Now, hunger situations are decision situations. Hunger situations are what? Decision situations. So, whenever you get hungry, know that you are the point of decision. What makes people steal when they are hungry? Because they have to decide. Is that not so? What makes people make some crazy decisions when they are hungry? You know, we are talking about hunger and we can talk about hunger for food. For food. For food. Remember once I was in the bank and I saw a lady, she, and I was in the bank and I saw a lady, she came and she asked her company, I said, and what is that your payment option for your iPhone? This was date back 2012 or 11, I can't remember. I said, what are your payment option for the iPhone? Imagine that time, iPhone that time. That time is now young. The iPhone of that time is young now. All right. So what the payment option for your iPhone? They said, are you? Are you a salary and I said yes, okay. The salary and you pay fifty thousand naira every month um, for to spread it in the period of so 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 long. So all right, thank you. And when I saw it and I was when I saw it, I was confused. I couldn't believe that somebody will come and take payment on shop for iPhone in the bank. But you don't blame me, that's a hunger. Are you know what I'm saying? So hunger is of different kind and hunger situations are different. For how for, for you to tell you how hungry she was for iPhone, she had to come to the bank. Let her schedule to come to the bank to ask for the payment option for the what? iPhone. She had to make a decision. Hunger situations are what? Decision situations. Now, so God took time to inform and prepare Adam for hunger, for hunger situation, because he hates what? Indecision. He didn't want to come and meet Adam later. And I was happy, and I said, I'm hungry, I'm very hungry. So why are you looking like this? So I'm hungry. Say why? Because you didn't tell me what to eat or what to eat. Because how many days have you been hungry? Say for five days. What? No, God is not. He doesn't like this. And let me tell you, God does not want you to be hungry in any aspect. I get what I'm saying. In every area of life, God does not want us to be hungry. And God hates us being indecisive. I get what I'm saying. God hates indecision. He hates um 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 Lack, uh, lack of information. Praise God forevermore. Now, most time, indecision is a product of lack of or lack of or limited information. Is that so? Indecision is a product of lack of information or limited information. And God hates this. He hates it seriously. He hates it. I get what I'm saying. God hates indecision. He hates um, lack of information. That's why He gave us the Bible. Why did God give us the Bible? So we don't lack information. Yeah. That's why God gave me that. I, I saw something on, uh, on the internet was that somebody was saying, God speak to me. God speak to me. And his Bible was closed. And I was sick crying, Lord speak to me. And that's what the Lord wants to do. Lord give me information. After you tell the Lord to speak to you, you ask him for information. You don't have to go to where you put information now. You put information in this world. Are you getting me? I'm telling you with boldness and assurance that there is so much information for the rest of our life in this Bible. It has worked for me these years, and it works for everyone who believes. Amen to Jesus. 
Now, most times, decision is a product of lack of limited information, and God hates this. God is decisive, and we see this in his creation of man. He decided to create man, to make man, and he did. God is decisive. He's not indecisive. You see, one of the things I hate the most is indecisive people. They go, they come, they come, they go, they go, they come, they come, they go. I hate walking with them. What's your decision? They go, they come, they come, they go, they go, they come, they go, they go. Even God hates him. He hates indecision. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright. Genesis 1, verse 26 and verse 7. Look at it. We've seen that before. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeping upon the earth. This is what God decided to do. Let us make it. Is that not so? Let us make it. The next thing he did was what? The deception. So God created man in his own image. He made the world created, he made the human created. God didn't understand. He immediately acted out his decision. God hates indecisive people. Indecisive people, number one, they have a problem with making decisions. Sorry, God hates indecision. Sorry, not indecisive people. He hates indecision. Indecision makes you, number one, you're unable to make a decision. Then, number two, but eventually you won't make decision to activate it, to work it out, to make it eventually become a problem. Are you getting what I'm saying? God hates indecision, and we see that He's a decisive God. Are we together? Amen to Jesus. So, in this light, we understand that God wants us to act in the same way He acted to be decisive, to be discreet. He wants us to act in that same way. Most of the times, we discover that many of the challenges we come into is not because the challenges are big, but because we are actually indecisive. The children of Israel came, and they, that was that's the story we always, always like bringing up, when they came and they were face to face with the sea of reeds in front of them, and then behind them was what? The approaching army from Egypt. And um, um, I, 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 I learned from a study, a Hebrew, a Hebrew uh, material, that they went that when they were in between the lock up, in front of them was the Sea of Reeds, behind them was the approaching Egyptian army and Pharaoh. By their sides were what? Mountains. So there was no way to run by the side. Run forward, you die. Run backward, you die. Run by the side, no way out. So you are locked up. Immediately they broke into four camps. Four camps. And those four camps spoke of what their indecisions. Now, one of the signs of indecision is division. One of the signs of indecision. Once division comes, indecision is at work. When decision is at work, everything narrows down to one point. And you know what I'm saying? Focus is the sign of decision. And most of the times, you don't focus because you actually have the strength to. You focus because you have received relevant information, and then the information fuels you. Number two, you don't focus because, as it were, um, let me use the word, you have seen the outcome. No. You focus because the information you have received has 
Let me see what I showed you on the outcome. That means we do need faith to focus. Once we are divided, we are operating in what? Indecision. One said, said, okay, now let's fight. It's better to die as free men than to live as slaves. Another said, said, oh, come on, we have always been slaves in Egypt. Let us just surrender back to our masters. We will show us mercy and kill us. I believe those ones were the ones who were away complaining about the cucumber and the onion. <laughs> and the garlic. Those ones were the ones. They were quick to say, let's go back home. Let's allow them to take us. At least we see garlic to eat. Imagine their problem was garlic and cucumber and onions. And then another said, said, ah, at this point, you see, what we have to do is we have to lift up our hands and just pray. Let's pray. Holy God. Holy God, Holy God, Holy God, I help us now. We are helpless. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. And the last set the line. Let's just stand and see what will happen. <laughs> Let's stand and see what will happen. Anything that happens, we take it in good faith. If they kill us, no problem. If they are those that we want set up, we go to work with Ah! I've worked with them before. Let's wait and see. That's the problem. Let's read that. And it's not fun now. It's not let's read it. Let's read that. When we tell you let's read and see, be careful. <laughs> they are the worst set of people to work with. Not, they are not proactive. They don't think. Pastor, let's read that. I tell you let's read and see. What am I reading and see for? So let's wait. Anything that happens, we'll take it in good faith. If they kill us, we die. If they take us as slave, we slave. If they let us go, we go. <laughs> Some people are living like that they are victims of any decision that life throws at them. Let's wait and see. I'm not as if we avoid them. I don't, I don't like coming here. Let's wait and see. One of them wasted my time. I said, let's go. See, for see the way this is, the way these people are behaving. This is the way they are, they are generally when you say, Pastor, we are not going there. Now let's just go and see. You are, you are not able to read their body language to see the decisions they are making. Say no pastor, let's go and say, okay, I'll go. Wait, wait, is that what I was telling you? Wait and see people. They are, they are very good. Come and see them, but wait and see. So that was the first thing. And when Abraham, when, sorry, when Moses looked at all these four factions, this division, the only thing he had to do was what? Was to look up to God. Because when there is division, there is indecision. At that point, you cannot get discretion from your environment. You have to look up to God. Moses had to look up. He said, You can look at this people. Me, I'll join your confession. I'll just join them. <laughs> I don't, the division was not actually on them. You see, the division was on him. Now, these four sets of people were actually the four mindset that came out of Egypt. That's the truth. Are you getting it? And now, these four mindset that came out of Egypt wanted to destroy. To break Moses' mindset for one focus, which was deliver my people from Egypt and take them to the promised land. They wanted the purpose of this four divided mindset was to divide his focus from the promised land to what? To begin to think in four different areas. And that's what the power of indecision does. That's what confusion does. It makes you think in different areas. You are not diversified, you are getting confused. <laughs> you are getting confused. 
It's not diversification, it's confusion. We must know the differentiate between diversification and confusion. You diversify within a focus. And you get what I'm saying? You don't diversify outside the focus. You diversify within the decision. You don't diversify outside the decision. Those guys were not diversified, they were, they were divided. They were not, and you get what I'm saying? And the purpose of that was to divide the leader's mentality. Every time where you see division coming, the purpose of it is to divide our focus. And once focus is divided, there's no more discussion. You know what that does? It puts you in a in a crossroad, in a crossroad junction, where there's a road forward, road backward, road right, road left. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then where do we go? That's what division does to you. God does not bring you to that. That's what division does to us. But when God gives a command for us to make decisions, it's because he wants to make us know that we can make decisions. But the situations for decision making is not the one who orchestrates them. Are you getting me? The devil most of the time is one who orchestrates them. Our desires orchestrate them. But God's own is the command to make decisions. Now, but when our desires orchestrate the situations for decisions, or the devil, God, the Bible says, there's never come a temptation that is come to man that is not come to man. But from that same temptation, the Lord will do what? Make a way of blessing. God makes a way of blessing. How does he make a way of blessing? By the discretion power and sweetness. So, most are waiting for God to come down from heaven. God, no. God, come down. Enter my head. Tell me, turn right. My brother, it may not happen. <laughs> my sister, you know, that is why he prayed into Adam. So that he can stay in heaven and be enjoying his school there. So that Adam can be making decisive decisions, can be discreet on earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting me? And let me tell you, that is why he gave you and I the Holy Spirit. That is why he gave us the word of God. So that he can, he can be ruling in heaven and be ruling here on earth, making discrete decisions. But we are waiting for him to come on our head again after he has given the Holy Spirit and the word of God. What are we still waiting for? That's the same of Christians. As I'm looking for direction. Direction where? Where you have the Holy Spirit. Direction where, where you have the word of God. You are not looking for direction, you are looking for confusion. You <laughs> are looking for division. But looking for delusion. What direction? Direction where? With the Holy Spirit you have in you and the word of God you have with you. You are seeking for direction. Is confusion. God wants pass of pass of confirm for me. You're not looking for confirmation, you're looking for confirmation. Don't get confounded after getting confirmation. Are you know what I'm saying? And these are the major challenges we don't we face in the Christian faith today. Discretion is a major attribute of God. And when we manifest discretion by the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we manifest an attribute of God which makes him happy. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's a major attribute of him. It's decisive. When we manifest discretion, we are manifesting a major attribute of God that making God happy. So every time you come and say, I don't know what to do, you are saying, what, what, you are, what you are making God sad. God is saying, I have withdrawn the Holy Spirit. Hey! 
Because I finish, I finish myself inside you. I think there's nothing remaining in me inside me again. I finished myself inside you. I gave you the spirit. I gave you the soul. I gave you myself. I'm in you. Totally in you. I gave you food. I didn't only give you the Holy Spirit. Put myself. You also gave me my word to direct you. And you say you don't know what to do. The father will say, What will we do in this kind of situation? What do we do for this kind of thing? And that's what I was not understand that making God say, What do we do? What we do? Because he has given us all. He has given us discretion. It's our responsibility to manifest discretion. It's our responsibility to make choices within legal bounds. It's our responsibility. God does not do that for us. And you get what I'm saying? You know what I'm waiting for God to make decisions for us. No more what we say that we be the one we actually say is God decide for me. <laughs> you know the truth? He decided for you by saving Jesus. Every decision you have to make it to follow Jesus. That's all. I don't know what I'm saying. Like if any man seek to follow me, uh, let him decide to do what? To pick up his cross and do what? Follow me. You have to decide it. You don't decide to pick up what? My brother, you are your own. You are not going to follow. He decided by sending Jesus. Every decision in our journey is us to make. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to make these decisions. And he has given us his word to direct us to make these decisions. So we are not stranded. We are not in, 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 in disadvantaged positions. We are always on the advantage. We have the ability to be decisive and implement decisions. The same way God does. Now, so when we make decisions by the leading of God's Spirit and His Word, we manifest His vision, and by so doing, we serve the Lord Christ. When we make decisions by the leading of God's Spirit and His Word, we manifest His vision, and by so doing, we serve the Lord Christ. So my brother, I say, am I discreet? Are you making decisions by the leading of God's spirit and by the leading of the word of God? If that's the way you are making decisions, then you are discreet. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of us, we have, we have a lot of secular books we use for decision making, but we never use the Bible for decision making. A lot of Christians, they have read books, my brother, my sister, they have read secular books on decision making, but they don't know the Holy Spirit at all when they come to decision making. They don't know the word of God concerning decision making. If you use secular materials to make decisions, your discretion will be limited. To get to a time when you get stuck in your discretion. But when the Holy Spirit and the word of God are your basis for making decisions, you are discreet by the, by, by the Spirit, you are discreet by the word, and you are actually manifesting the discretion of your needs. And this is what it means to serve God. You see, we have been learning service, serving God in different, let me use word, seemingly unknown ways. My brother, this year, my sister, this year, choose to be discreet by the world and by the Holy Spirit. That's how you serve God. That's how you serve God. I know some of you have been making 
management decisions in your life using management textbooks. You are good, my brother. I think you should this year drop your management textbook and carry the manual. That is the man. Are you going to say? Carry the man. Remember there was a time when the relationship things was everywhere. Um, how many questions to ask your your um, your fiance and fiance before you get married? Uh, Two hundred things you need to know in the relationships. Do's and don'ts in the relationship. Those things are good to not say we are My brother, when you enter marriage, you know that it's a different world time. So the questions you ask, when you give your answer, you caution that then enter my the answer will change. <laughs> the question will change, the answer will change. <laughs> uh, the two will change. I begin to wonder, but I talk to answer that the person say, ah, see me see something new. If the situation we are in, the same situation we are in. What do you mean? No. If the situation are finished, say now we are expressing what is called sickness syndrome on the constant basis. So now the answer has changed. Oh, pray that the strange way not blow the marriage. When the strange way blow the marriage, as Bishop Dark said, he said, you will implement all the principles, nothing will work. You will try every, nothing will work. Then nobody will tell you to go your knees. Brother, it's good to get all these principles, all these decision-making materials, but I tell you the best is to work with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. When you work with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you cannot make decisions that are outside the will of God. Is it possible? And you will preach in the fullness of God's instruction, discretion. And then you serve the Lord Christ. I believe somebody has been blessed today. And if you have been blessed, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. That's the best decision you can make. Amen. I want to encourage you to do that. Just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected for me. You shared your blood on Calvary Street to take away my sins. Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I make you my Lord and personal Savior. Because you chose me, I choose to serve and follow the days of my lives. And the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who has made this decision. Thank you for Lord receiving them with the Lord. And I ask that the grace be released to them to serve and follow the days of their lives. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe you want to pray with me. I want to also pray. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Abba Father, I receive and maximize grace to operate discretion by the leading of your spirit and your word every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth and pray. Zimbra Katum Sakadash. Dear Abba Father, I receive a